In the background of Paul's letter to the Galatians, there is a fierce debate going on among the early Christians. The debate is over this question. How should we address the sin in our lives? It's a universal question, one that you and I need to wrestle with, and it's something that the early Christians fought about. How should we respond to sin? There were two different camps. On the one side were Christians raised in the Jewish tradition who felt like sin needed to be contained, avoided, removed. They believed that the, the best way to do this was to observe the Torah, the law of Moses, the law of God. And these laws were meant to teach us how to reject sin, to defeat it and, and avoid it. And then there were people on the other side, people who were not raised Jewish, who did not have the same perspective on the law, and who therefore had a different approach when it came to sin. And among those people in the second camp was the Apostle Paul. His answer to the problem of our sinful nature is the basis for the entire letter to the Galatians. And as we begin our generosity campaign today, Paul's answer to the question of sin is incredibly important for us to understand. For Paul, it is a difference between containing our sinful nature or having it be transformed into something better, into a, a freedom to do what is right. Did you know that in the earliest stages of the Star Wars film trilogy, Luke was supposed to kill Darth Vader? It's true. Instead of discovering that Vader was actually his own father, Luke was originally going to avenge his real father's death by killing Vader. And if that had happened, then we would have understood it, right? That is certainly one of the most common plot lines throughout all of our storytelling. And it would have resonated with the way that we believe that we can address the sin and evil in the world, to, to fight it off on our own, to contain it, remove it, defeat it by our own strength. Well, that was the approach of the Jewish Christians in Galatia, to use the law of Moses to fight off the sin in each of us. But as you know, that's not how the story of Star Wars turned out. Somewhere along the screenwriting process, I imagine George Lucas having the same kind of inspired internal debate that marked the church in Galatia. What if the best way to address the darkness within us is not to try to fight it off and defeat it on our own, but to see it transformed, to see it transformed into the good, into the better? Well, you know the plot that Lucas eventually chose when it came to Darth Vader, and it's one that echoes Paul's conclusion to the Galatians. What is the best response to sin? Restraint or redemption? To defeat it or to transform it? To avoid it or to see it resurrected into something new? So if you look throughout the book of Galatians, you can see that Paul clearly believes in the power of Jesus Christ to not only defeat sin, but to transform our sinful nature into something better, to give us the freedom to be exactly what God intended us to be. He uses the image of the cross to remind us that in the crucifixion, death has been transformed to life, 
Our sinful nature has been redeemed into the freedom to truly live. I have been crucified with Christ, Paul says in chapter 2, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And in chapter 5, verse 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. This is hopeful news for you and me. For any and all sins that you are struggling with today, Paul would remind each of us today that if we tried to defeat that sin in our lives or avoid it or ignore it, we will fail each and every time. As people in the recovery community know, the first step in addressing sin is to surrender ourselves to a power greater than that sin. And that power, according to Paul, is Jesus Christ who came to not just defeat that sin in our lives, but to see it transformed. Just as it was not enough for Luke to defeat Vader, but to see him transformed into a better person. Jesus came to transform your sinful nature into something holy, redeemed by God's grace. And that brings us to today's scripture reading, commonly known as the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It comes after an equally long list of descriptions of our sinful nature, some of the juiciest words in the New Testament. Fornication, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, such fun words. But notice, if you were to put the two lists side by side, the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit, Paul is suggesting that every aspect of our sinful nature can be transformed into the fruit of the Spirit. God can take our passions, our our natural desires for pleasure and happiness, and instead of abusing and misusing them through sexual immorality and doing whatever feels good, in verse 19, the Spirit can transform our hearts into healthy expressions of love for one another. God can take our natural desire to find meaning and escape pain, and instead of abusing them and misusing them through idolatry and addictive behaviors, in verse 20, the Spirit can transform our hearts into healthy pursuits of true, lasting joy in Jesus Christ. God can take our natural relationships with other people, and instead of abusing or misusing them through Hatred, ungodly anger, and jealousy in verses 20 and 21, the Spirit can transform them into healthy expressions of peace, patience, and kindness to one another. You see? Paul's answer to the problem and the presence of sin is not simply reminding us of the law, but by reminding us of the power of Jesus to transform us into something better and to motivate us out of a sense of freedom. Peter Marshall, the longtime chaplain of the U.S. Senate, once prayed this prayer before a session of the Senate. Teach us that liberty is not only to be loved, but also to be lived. Liberty is too precious a thing to be buried in books. It costs too much to be hoarded. Help us see that our liberty is not the right to do as we please but the opportunity to please to do what is right. That is what Paul was talking about. Rather than seeing the the Christian life simply as a bunch of commandments and feeling guilty for all that we fail to do, 
we can simply focus on all that the Holy Spirit gives us the freedom to do, the freedom to love, to experience joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and gentleness, faith and self-control. Against such things there is no law. For Paul, it is not just a matter of what we ought to do. It is now a matter of what we are free to do. And more importantly, for Paul, the best and only way for each of us to be transformed into the life that God intends is in community, when we are all in together. The generosity campaign that begins today is not simply some annual effort by the church to raise funds or programs or ministries next year. Though perhaps now more than ever, your estimate of giving will be critically important to the church. For the next four weeks, we will discover together the power of being in community and why it is so important for us to stay connected with each other. It'll culminate in our Commitment Sunday on November 14th when we will submit our estimate of giving cards as an expression of going all in together. But it begins today with the recognition that in terms of our own spiritual growth and maturity, none of us can do it alone. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us. And if there's anything we know about the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit works in the New Testament, it is two things. The Spirit always works in the context of community, and the Spirit works through prayer. So for the next 22 days, we're going to go on an intentional journey of prayer. And we need each of you to pray every day for the church, for its people, its ministries, and its impact on the community. So starting today, I invite you to go to hydeparkumc.org slash daily emails to sign up to receive a special daily email. Each message will contain a scripture for you to read and something specific that you can pray for about the church. For example, today's prayer is to focus on those who are spiritually seeking. You'll read a sample prayer that you can offer and then read a beautiful testimony of someone in our church who's experienced the love of God in their lives thanks to the ministries and programs of this church. For this All In Together campaign, we will be guided by one of the greatest statements that John Wesley ever made. Wesley, too, knew the power of sin at work in people's lives, and he knew that the best way to address our sinful nature was by the power of the Holy Spirit at work to transform us. And he knew that the best way to participate in the work of the Spirit was in community together. That's why he believed in the power of small groups and the power of gathering together in worship and and the power of building each other up in prayer and love. He offered these words to the people called Methodist and offers them to us today as a guiding principle on our journey. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. In other words, friends, let us go all in together. Let us pray. God, thank you for sending Jesus, who came to do more than conquer the sin in our lives, but to transform us 
redeem us and free us into a new way of living. Transform our old ways into expressions of the Spirit, the fruit of love, joy, peace, and even generosity. Free us to do all we can, to do all the good we can. Help us to go all in together. In Jesus' name, amen.